Hello, everyone. I am Matthew Thomas from Super Cool Radio, and joining me at this time, a very special guest. He is the guitarist for Love Bone, Roy Costin. How's it going, brother? Hello. Thank you very much, Matthew Thomas from Super Cool Radio. I am on with him. Too bad we can't be in person, but this is the best we can do. I'm out here in the thriving metropolis of Benita, New York, in the middle of nowhere, uh, between Syracuse and Utica. I'm the guy trying to raise my hand up, saying, look at us over here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I would like to meet in person, too. That's how I prefer to do my interviews. But still, we still found a way to do it. And yes, I really appreciate you being my, here. My kids would be very happy with this modern technology that I'm doing. So <laughs> that's right. Give it up for technology. So, uh, you know, right now there's no shows going on with the whole pandemic and everything going on. So how are you staying busy? How am I staying busy? Well, lots of things. I have so much material recorded as uh, I've been around the block a couple of times. So currently right now I release three instrumental songs. I'm that 70s type guy. I don't play like uh, Yngwie Malmsteen or Steve Vai. I play a little more like my heroes, Pat Travers, Punky Meadows, Mick Box, Dave Feinstein, uh, Tony Iommi, all those guys. So at least three instrumental songs, and they're out there on Spotify, Amazon, um, whatever else. All those are my website, RoyCosting.com, Bandcamp, Reverb Nation. They're all over the place. So. Um, I'm doing a lot of that right now, a lot of home writing. Am I, uh, I got a few more gray hairs out of it, trying to read all the legal aspects. And, you know, as I get older, I got to wear glasses now to read. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got it, man. And it sounds like you're up to a lot of cool stuff. I, I got a lot of stuff. Um, like I said, I've been around a block a few times. Uh, my first band was called, they did a lot of work, was called Ardent. Uh, that CD, I put all the demos together. A company called Retrospect Records put that out many years ago. But I want to re-release re that, re-release another band I did called DC Strut. Um, re-release, I have a couple of versions of Four Large Men I was in. So I have abundance of material that I'm working on behind the scenes. It's just, it's all got to come out. Yeah, and, and it brings us right up to Love Bone, because... Uh, we're going to start rehearsals here pretty quick. We haven't, you know, with this pandemic thing, we haven't played at all, but we're still ready. We're going to have a new recording come out here pretty quick with that. But right now I've been really concentrating on my solo stuff because there isn't much going on. And where I am, you know, the singer live, lives about 45 minutes away in one direction, and my bass player and drummer live like an hour away in another direction. So it's not like we're neighbors and we can get together, you know. So, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, definitely challenges with everything going on, especially right now. But it sounds like you have a lot of cool stuff coming, a lot of cool stuff in the works. And I just got a really quick question like, how do you um, approach an instrumental song compared to like one with lyrics? It was it was different. Well, I, I, you know, everybody says that you're a great player. You need to do this and you do that. And, you know, I just kind of blew it off and say, eh. But um, what happened was I was working on some of the Four Large Men material. 
okay, the original lineup of four large men, there, there were four four guys. Three of them have all passed away due to cancer. So I'm the last guy standing. So as I'm doing recording some of my newer material, um, I had Jerry, the singer, sing some stuff for me before he passed. And I pulled up the demos and I couldn't I couldn't listen to his voice. You know, it was too eerie. I wasn't ready for it yet. So it took a long time. And I said, well, I got these cool riffs. Maybe I should just try to do an instrumental. And that's how that all came about. Because I didn't want to deal with hearing his voice. And of course, listening to some of the other past members play, it was just, it was too eerie. So I just put it up on hold. And then when the timing was right, I kind of went back to it. So the CD I'm working on is called if it ain't loud, it ain't right. And um, I'm remastering a couple of those songs as bonus tracks. So it's going to be the three instrumentals uh, and um, a small little acoustic piece I wrote for my wife because she says, you know, you never write anything for me. So I did that. And then I'm going to put it in as a bonus track uh, inside of a huge dedication type thing to my following departed band members. So that's the long story of it. And that's a it's a great way to honor, you know, the past band members. And I, I believe it, you know, like when you hear uh, music from people who aren't around anymore, especially ones you're close with, it, you know, kind of a difficult thing to do. Well, you know, it, uh, the bass player for a large man, him and I have been friends since seventh grade. So, it, you know, that was difficult. Uh, the drummer for four large men also played in Ardent and DC Strut. So, and I joined them when I was still in high school back in November of 81. So it's not like I, I you know, knew these guys for a couple of years. We were all lifelong friends. And I knew Jerry since, you know, 1979 or 1980. So, you know, it, it's kind of weird how it all came about. But, yeah, it, it took a little bit to hear the music and especially Jerry's voice. I put He just had this. He could sing Dio, he could sing Judas Priest, he could sing King Diamond, Queensryche. He was just that type of a guy that can do that. And, and um, I have a really cool acoustic ballad that him and I played together here in my small little home studio. And um, I've been trying to work on that. Putting It's difficult trying to put that together because it's got to be, to me, it's got to be just right the way that I want it to be presented on the CD. If you don't like it, then that's fine. But it's something that I have to do, I guess. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, of course. I mean, you're the one making the music. If you don't like how it sounds, then it really doesn't matter what you know other people think. Right. Well, before it was, you know, of course, with the Love Bone stuff, you know, my vocalist Chuck and I, you know, we decide on a lot of that stuff. But this, this time, with all this stuff, it's me. If you don't like the mix, you know, that's on me. If you don't like this guitar little thing in there, you know, that's that's on me. But when I listen to it here and I take a listen to the car, I like to hear, you know, left and right, you know, things going around. So it's not just, you know, cool lead parts, but they're like, it's all over the place is what I'm trying to say. Left and right. It's not just playing. It's, it's, it's very cool stuff. So. Yeah. And you got to experience music. That's like the whole point of either going to a concert or listening to music in your car. You have to, you have to experience it. Right. And I've, I've been around the block a few times. You know, I've supported Blue Oyster Call, Pat Travers, Bernie Mardona, uh, Raven, The Rods, um, Jackal. I mean, the list goes on. So, I mean, I don't have to 
I'm at that point in my life where I don't have to. I did this. I did that. You know, it just it's all in my website. You can read it. <laughs> exactly. And you know, you're, you're talking. You've opened and supported a bunch of great bands, and you've been uh, been a musician for a very long time. And I kind of want to go all the way back to the beginning. Um, How did you know you wanted to become a musician? Okay. So going back to that, you got to remember, I'm a product of the 70s. So I wanted to be David Cassidy from the Partridge family. <laughs> and we used to throw plays and things like that when we were kids, because that's what all the neighborhood kids you know, did. So I did other music stuff. And you got to remember uh, the Monkees, the King Brothers, the Sonny and Cher shows, all the Bill shows. The, uh, music was different back then, and and I think, of course, now it's lost its way a bit. But that, that was the heart and soul. I think of a lot of one of the way that I feel today. That's that's the way that I was I was brought up. And uh, so, how did you how did you start uh, playing guitar? How did that come about? Well, I w I started playing when I was eleven years old, but that was uh, just one of those things, you know. David Cassidy had a guitar, um, so, you know, it, it went from there. So I started when I was 11, and, and I was, uh, I took lessons for many years, and then I played in, like, the school chorus. By the time I was in high school, my senior year, uh, I persuaded the teacher to get me into orchestra, because I used to dub the violin lines and, and do things like that. So, and then after I got out of school, we were just on the road all the time, you know, traveling all in, uh, New York State. You know, we ventured out a little bit into Massachusetts and, and this and that, but it was mostly around the uh, like Oswego to Binghamton, um, Buffalo to Albany type thing. You know, that all yeah. Equipment uh... trucks, you know, you know they promise you hotels and it's you know a mattress on the you know bar floor after hours, you know. And plus, then when I was in school. Um, I was 16, I was able to drive, and I played with a bunch of older people, and uh, because, you know, with the drinking age and everything, it was 18, you know, and I wasn't old enough to drink yet, but I could play, and I could drive everybody home. <laughs> and back then, we were playing, you know, four or five sets a night, you had to remember, it was different then, you know, but times are changing. Kids, I think that's one thing that kids don't understand is, you know, we... You know, I slaved many hours, many, many hours, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays playing all over the place. So, yeah, definitely um, well-traveled. Well I think, yeah, that helps define me of who I am. Yeah. I think for sure, definitely you're, um, you know, well, well-known musician in the music industry. And I kind of want to bring, you know, to current now, the guitarist for Love Bone, how did that uh, become about? Well, during the 2000s, when the music scene really changed, uh, I said, you know, I still give lessons. I teach privately. I teach all the adult classes, kids and all the way up um, at Madison Oneida BOCES. I teach at the Oneida YMCA. So there was always teaching involved, but you miss playing. I sold, you know, my Marshall stacks and um, I ran into Chuck at um, a kiss show, or we were buying kiss tickets, or jackal tickets, sorry, that's on the website too. 
And um, Chuck's bands used to open for us all the time because we were always the headliners. We had the biggest draw. And it's like, well, you want to do something? He was the bass player. So one thing led to another. And here we are, you know, with Love Bone. In 2004, we won the Battle of the Bands for a radio station. So it just continued from there. And uh, going with that, you know, I've been on compilations. I don't know if you can see this. I've been on uh, Kiss compilation. Look it up. Love Bone's on here. Um, Gator Rock for Sally's Records. You know, Love Bone's on here. I got songs all over. Paris Records with Tom Mathers. Um, Four Large Men is on here. So it's like I've been on, you know, 20 CDs. I do this. I do that. Um, you know, different things like that. So it opens everything up. Those are really cool, especially, you know, some great compilations on there, you know, uh, rec recording Kiss songs. That always very cool. And I kind of want to... The first time that I was actually on a record, it was uh, around here, uh, W. RCK Utica Rome Rock 107. And one of the songs I was in was Ardent. And uh, it was the first song that I, I wrote that was called All or Nothing. And I have a couple of these and they're still sealed. Is that vinyl? <laughs> and that is vinyl. Oh, dude, yeah, that, that is, is so cool. That's wicked, yeah. man. So, uh, yeah. That's speaking of Wicked, you know, my son is a drummer for Wicked, and they are a 70s glam band, kind of like an angel to King Cobra. So, yes, I thought I had a picture here. I could show you. I'm gonna have to check no, them out. You're gonna have to check them out, yeah. So, yeah. The, the you know, and when Gunner was starting to play, you know, he was a kid, uh, we were playing little parties in here and there, tried to get him out and play and uh, two years ago wicked signed to sony oh very nice that's very impressive so they are looking for another deal now uh that expired so yeah you know very very cool i'm gonna have to definitely check them out i'm gonna add that to my uh, list of bands to listen to but you know speaking of you know listening to bands you brought up vinyl brought up cds uh, i always ask my guests this question what music are you listening to right now roy the same stuff i listened to back in the 70s you know, um, I, growing up, you got to remember, we didn't have the huge stereos. We had the AM radio. So you hear, you know, the nice Chicago diet or 25 or 6 to 4 from Chicago or 3 Dog Night. You know, Mama told me not to come. I mean, all that stuff. And then as it got on, the 80s, you know, you had the Sabbath with Dio. Because we're in Dio country up here. You know, Dio was from yeah. Portland. So, um you had, you had that type of stuff. You had Rainbow. And then you went on to Raven, who um, John Gallagher from Raven is my mentor. I did sing backing vocals on Nothing Exceeds Like It Sucks. So you can check that out. Oh, well, um, Virgin Steel. Um, Dave DeFay is also my um, mentor. I talk to him all the time. I, I call him up. I'm working on this song. How do you get this? You know, with some compressors not working right uh the rods so everything it just the stuff you listen to as a kid into the 80s i guess that follows you the rest of your life you know even once in a while i i uh at work in the warehouse i turn it on i'll play the partridge family just to drive everybody out's nuts because i know all the words <laughs> that's, that's cool though that that is straight up cool but um all, all great bands 
Uh, I've been on a big Alice Cooper kick for this week, so that's who I've been listening to. Yeah, I met Alice a couple of times. He's a real cool guy. Yeah, and actually, uh, one version of Love One, we had a couple uh, past members from Alice Cooper band play with us for about a year. Uh, they played on um, Raised Your Fist and Yow tour, and the drummer did a lot of the demos for Alice Cooper Trash. So we used to play 18 in our set. Yeah, and there's a couple of videos out there on uh, my RoyCoston.com page of all that. So yeah, check that out. Yeah, I'm going to, especially for any fans of Alice Cooper as well. And then the the bass player also played on the first two. God, you're twerking. It's all up there. Um, <laughs> Kane Roberts, yes, the bass player of She has played on the first two of Kane Roberts' records. So check that out. I will definitely. That sounds pretty amazing. That you actually got to, yeah, you there's know, a lot, like that. There's a lot of the history in this area. You know, Lou Grant's from Rochester, which is like an hour and a half away from here. Joey Belladonna's from the area. Um, to me, the best Great White is the first album, and my buddy there, Gary Holland, played on that. Um, Out of the Night. And uh, their version of uh, Substitute by The Who. So, I mean, there's just tons of musicians around here and they have done very well. Yeah, you're in a very rich area for music, especially being out that way. Yes, not so much lately, but yes. <laughs> well, um, yeah, but throughout history, though, for sure. So, yes. but I don't know, there's been many great albums, even some flawless albums. If you had to recommend, someone listen to one specific album, what album would you pick? This is a hard thing because even on Facebook, you see, you have to pick this album or that. Yeah. As I get older, too, I'm a little bit more crankier, I notice. But how do I break this down? Kiss Alive 1, Rainbow Rising, Sabbath, Heaven, and Hell, Deep Purple Burn, how do you, I can't, I can't choose any of it, you know, how do I choose some of that stuff that being a musician and playing that stuff and listening to it, I can't choose just one. So there's a few of them. How's that? You listed some really phenomenal <laughs> albums. Like I know all of those and yes, I agree. I was just, I asked that question. I, the first person I've actually asked that question to just to tweak your brain a little bit, see like what, what uh, line of thinking you got going. It just, how, how, you know, somebody like myself, how can I, how, how do you just justify all that? I mean, if I, let's see, let me back this up. I don't know if you can see some of the stuff here. Yep. You see some of my vinyl? Wow, that's a lot of vinyl. That stuff on the wall, too. That's a very impressive collection. Yeah, all my, all my vinyl. Yeah, I got, um, you know. And you got Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I mean, I got tons of things. I mean, that's what I said when you say try to pick one specific record. You just don't. You, for me, I can't do it because I have so many. But I, I those were the few that I I chose. Yeah, you, you chose know. a lot of winners in there. Like those are some really great albums. And anyone who hasn't listened to those albums, you should do that yeah, in your lifetime. Do yes. Especially Kiss Alive One because that's when Kiss were hungry, and to me, Kiss was a, a hard rock blues band. You listen to a lot of that stuff; it just, you know, it's that early Chuck Berry type stuff, just done with a little bit more distortion. 
Yeah, and I think I love their live album one. I think they completely nailed like the whole Kiss live experience in that album. It is just straight up flawless. Yes, I agree. I agree. And plus, being a product of the seventies, you know, oh man, you know, when albums were album, you write it, you looked at the picture, you played, you take the record and put it on the turntable. You know, yeah, that's yeah, all stuff. Definitely a whole experience with uh, actually getting it out of the sleeve cover and putting it on the uh, turntable. Yes. Yes. Still got my turntable. I still got all that old stuff. (laughs) I got too much stuff. You got a lot of interesting and fun stuff over there, though. I like all of it. I got lots of things. I got tons of autograph stuff. You know, I mean, when the bands used to come through the area, Syracuse, Rochester, and that, we were there. I mean, I've seen so many great bands in a club. I mean, I saw Guns N' Roses, Cinderella, Twisted Sister. I saw all those guys, you know, when they were, you know, struggling musicians in a club. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All all very cool stuff, especially to see them in their prime and up and coming. Had to be a, an amazing experience. It was. They, you know, a lot of those bands were hungry, and they just they just killed it. You know, I can go on and on. We can we can we're gonna have to do this again and talk about a lot of that stuff. <laughs> I'm always for up and for it as always. But thank you, Roy, so much for hanging out with me. Very special interview with Roy Coston, guitarist for Love Bone. But I got one more thing before we go. One last question. What can we expect from Love Bone at the end of 2020 and into the beginning of 2021? Well, I'm hoping that Love Bone will be able to get out and play with all the uh, restrictions that are on New York State right now. But like I said, we're going to get together here in a couple weeks. And I wrote a couple of new riffs, and we're going to work on that, which is, I know, but I want to be prepared with Love Bone for next year. That That is the main goal right now. So as soon as we get the okay, I, we can start booking then we're going to be ahead of it because we have everything prepared now. And if things are all right, too, I want to have um, a couple solo shows going. So I got my, I got some, some uh, work on that. I've been talking with the drummer, Talon Black, out of Connecticut. He's my buddy. He's done some other things for me in the past. So I got, uh, you know, I got tons of people. I'm writing with Ronnie Monroe from Metal Church Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Um, I just, I got... I got a lot of stuff going on, so, but preparing for Love Bone, I need to play out because I'm pulling my hair out here because it's been, uh, February was the last time I played. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a very long time, you know, everything has been going on for so long, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of nope. bands haven't even played their first show yet. No, uh, I'm lucky I have a day job because other, I don't know what I would have done, but I, we have, you know, might be not talking about myself. I mean, I lost a lot of money as far as like not playing students and all that. And that's what helps keep the ball rolling as far as like paying for the websites and this and that. But um, a lot of my friends are worse off than I am because they, they're not playing and there is no money out there, you know? Yeah, a lot of people hurt right now, especially, you know, no, no shows going on. That's why I always say if someone likes a band or likes an artist, please support them. You'll buy a shirt, buy a CD, stream their music, do anything. Thank you. Thank you. I am the guy that's sitting out there by myself. I got, you know, the 8 by 10s I got a, a huge table full of stuff. Love on t-shirts. I got everything. 
just to keep the band going, put gas in the gas tank. Because sometimes, you know, the bar doesn't make their money. And, you know, everybody knows that story. But before we go, I got to say a big, huge thank you to Christina. Yes. You know, for hooking this up. And she does a lot for me as far as, like, uh, putting me in the magazines and radio interviews and things like that. So I, I got to thank her for, for doing all that and all the support she's done. Because without her, we need more people like her and like yourself. Super yes, cool. Th <laughs> that's right. Thank you. Yes, double thumbs up. But yeah, shout out to Christina. Wonderful person to work with. Always a fun time. I'm glad she was able to bridge the gap, get in contact with Roy, and do this really awesome interview. But thank you so much, Roy. Very happy. So thank you. Yes. So for Roy Cross. 2021 because I don't think anything's going to happen here on out. <laughs> yeah, no fun till 2021 is what I'm saying. Uh, I she live in New York State. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> but hey, for Roy Cost and the guitarist of Love Bone, I am Matthew Thomas from Super Cool Radio. Thank you for watching this great interview.